without this information, you cannot fully um, reap the benefits of the technical material that will show you, all the techniques and different things that will show you. You have to know how to use this. Uh, you, have to, you have to understand this initial information. 28 years ago, I started in practice I, and started doing soft tissue work, fell in love with soft tissue work, and started learning a lot of soft tissue stuff. When I got out of a chiropractic school, started doing a lot of the soft tissue stuff, and then realized, you know, I need, so I need to bring somebody in to help me with this. It's taken longer than I have. So I, bring, so I ended up hiring a couple of therapists right out of school. Well, it turns out these therapists were really awesome. They um, hired two, uh, Ramon and Deborah. Wasn't this Ramon? Another Ramon. Um, but they turned out to be just these amazing therapists. Both of them about 20 years in the business. And I just got lucky the first time. And they worked with me for several years. And um, as we got busier, I would hire another. We eventually ended up in California with eight therapists in our chiropractic office. And what happened was Ramon and Deborah were so experienced and, and had such a unique style about them that when, if I would bring in another therapist that didn't match that style, my client base would go, uh, I don't like that new person you brought in. I want Debbie and Ramon. And so I had to, I saw that happen you know, the first time or so that I hired new people. So I had to start looking for Debras and Ramones. Well, that wasn't easy. I'd interview, 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 interview. Finally, I'd find one. It took me maybe two months of interview. Boom, bring them in, and they would, they would be successful. They would, oh yeah, I like the new one you brought in. They're, they're just like Debras and Ramones. And then we'd get them busy, and then I'd go hire the same thing. I would start looking, I'd look, and I'd look. One or two months of interview, and finally find one, bring them in. Boom. And then I'd look and I'd look and I'd look for the next one, six, eight months later. Couldn't quite find one and we needed somebody. I'd bring them in. They weren't quite what I was looking for. I thought, well, they didn't make it. So I, I they, it didn't, you know, because the client, the clients would just say, no, no, that, I don't want that person anymore. I want, I want back, I want your other one. So I learned that I had to, I had to stick with this style. Now, so that went on for 20 years, right? And so when I came to Texas seven years ago, we decided to open a massage therapy uh, massage center. And I wasn't going to practice chiropractic, but um, I started looking for these the style of body work that I had been doing for so many years in, in California. And I started interviewing, 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 and to find that style and that experience level that I was used to. But I would I'd find one, and I kept I kept looking, looking, looking. And I typically would have to interview 30 therapists before I found one person that matched that style. Bring them aboard, and that became Oakhaven Massage in San Antonio. We now have 64 therapists there. We do 12 to 1,300 massages a week there. We have uh, almost 70,000 clients there. I don't pretend to be some genius. I feel like I stumbled into a style of body work and, and therapy that, that just people the, the general population responded to. And I, I it, it, it served us well. It's, it's really what's made us what we are, that style, that, that, and, and I'm committed to sticking with it. And I wanna share this with you to start out this. This insight becomes really the heart and the foundation of, of what I'm gonna share with you for the next hour and a half, okay? This is an insight. Here's my insight. My insight came when people 
this came early on. This, this insight came you know, four or five years into my, into my working with therapists. I saw people coming out of the room, giving their therapist a hug, giving them a tip, telling them how awesome it was, and then walking up to the front. Yeah, I'd like to come back in a week, two weeks. Same time. Who, who else do you have? I'd like to try somebody else. Oh, how much you massage? Oh, it was, it was okay. It wasn't deep enough for me. They would, they would complain about the massage. And I just heard them raving about how awesome it was to the therapist. Okay? That became a very, very important insight. Something happened over and over and over again. And I eventually started developing a philosophy around that. My philosophy says this. Therapists do not get feedback. They do not get honest feedback. True. The most common complaints come in, a, in, 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 in many varieties, but let's say this is all the complaints that I get. 80% of those complaints surround, are around depth. The other, the other, uh, don't, don't, the other 19%, so 19%, 80%, is around location. And then 1%, miscellaneous. Talk about all these things. But depth becomes the central point about which when people did come out and had some kind of a negative comment, 80% of the time it was around depth. Now, here's the thing about depth. Of this depth, 80% of that, the comment was, it was too light. 20% was too deep. So you can err on both sides of the coin here. We're, we're going to get into that in a sec, but I, I, stick with me on my inside here, because this is, this is central. You have to understand this. Why would someone, why is it that therapists don't get feedback? Why is it that they give you a hug, give you a tip, tell you you're awesome, walk up front and complain about you. Why is that? Why is that? Tell You tell me. They don't want to hurt your feelings. Thank you. I liken it, I think I shared this with Mary the other day, I liken it to someone fixing you a nice meal. If someone invites you over for dinner, fixes you a nice meal, and it tastes like crap, what do you say at the end of the meal when, when, when you're leaving and they said, so how was everything? What do you say? You lie. You lie. <laughs> Don't you? Why do you lie? Don't hurt you lie because you don't want to hurt their feelings. It's because you accept their intent. Their intent was to do something nice for you. And you recognize that intent, and you acknowledge that with a thank you. And you walk away, it was a pleasant experience, and everything's good. Guess what? Touch is so powerful, it's so awesome, it's so much a part of the human condition, and it's not received, people don't get good touch very often. In fact, we all know how powerful touch is, we know, we know that babies that are not touched don't develop properly. I mean, it's, it's a very, touch is a very, very important part of the human, human condition. 
So when you touch somebody in a competent, caring, professional way, it's a very one. So I think that I think that our massage and body work falls into that category. It's like somebody fixing you a nice meal. If somebody touches you in a competent, caring, professional way, there's something that doesn't feel right about. It's like a, it's about criticizing that to their face. It's like artwork. Would, if somebody showed you a picture that they drew, would you, if you didn't like it, would you say, that's not really very good, you're not very talented. Would you say that? Mm-hmm. I don't like that work. I don't, you don't. You, oh, you do that? That's neat. You just, because art, we intuitively know that art, the beauty of art is within the eye of the beholder. How many babies has, have mothers shown you? Mm-hmm. What's so beautiful? And it reminded me of that kid, it's like a shriveled prune. You know? Okay, all right, that's the phenomenon we're dealing with. Okay? You have to understand that. Because if you don't understand that, you're accepting the response that you're getting after your massage as true feedback. Mm-mm. And it's not. That's my point. Massage therapists do not get honest, accurate feedback generally. Because of this phenomenon, it's possible. That a significant that, that a portion of your feedback, especially if it if it would be meant on the negative side, won't, won't you won't receive it. You won't get you won't uh, you won't often get clients telling you about what they wish would have happened during your session. Is that fair enough? Uh, you you won't get a lot of that. You'll get some, but not a lot. And it's because it's just like the lady that cooked the nice meal. She's not going to get a lot of negative stuff coming back at her about her cooking, okay? To her friends that she's fixing nice meals for because of the nature of what she's doing. It's important to understand. Us out front, we're in a unique place, a unique position to get, to, to get information. And that's what I've been doing for 20 years. So all the stuff that I'm sharing with you is based on us getting feedback outside. And, and, and what we're going to try to do is, is help you understand how, number one, what the most common things are, so you can head them off at the pass, and then how to ask questions so that you will get accurate feedback. What if the lady at the end of the meal that fixed you this nice meal, and you said it was really nice and you thought it stunk, what if she would have said to you, you know, I've been taking some classes down at the local college, I really want to... You know, I, I kind of would like to be a chef someday. I'm just starting to think, uh, the, the, the potatoes. You know, I, I used some different seasoning. Did you like the seasoning I used, or would you have rather I left them out? Could you take, you know? Now she asked it in a way that you might feel more comfortable giving more accurate feedback to her. See? But she just said, how was everything? What are you going to say? Or if she said, if she said the meat. I tried a new way of cooking it today. Did you think it was tender enough the way it was, or did you think it should have been cooked a little less? You're probably going to give more accurate feedback with that question than how was everything. Okay? So I'm going to make recommendations to you about how to ask questions to your clientele that'll, that'll give you the potential for more accurate feedback than if you asked it the other way. For example, depth. This is, this, is, this is the most important part of the massage, in my opinion. 
And I'm basing it on the, on the complaints that we get from people walking out of their massage. 80% of all the complaints we get are about depth. So, I, so if my, my philosophy says if you can get this right, you can avoid 80% of the potential co complaints. So that's a real important thing to get right. Okay? Pressure. Pressure. Yes. Yes, depth, pressure. What do how do therapists assess the pressure, if the pressure is right? What do they say? The average. How's the pressure? And what do the clients say? Good. It's good. It's good. And then they get locked out, and they say, nah, they weren't deep enough for me. Who else do you got? Who do you got? Got anybody that can go deeper? I've seen that happen so many times that I've got a little, got a little, I've made a little story about why that is. I think it's because, now, no, no, no. I, some of you may be thinking, oh, my clients will tell me to go deeper. Some of them will. Most of them will not. Okay, some of them will. Most of them will not tell you to go deeper, deeper, deeper. Yeah, right there, that's right. Most of them will just give what you're giving them and then, and then decide if, they, if that's what they wanted or not. Okay, I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. You can dispute that and think, it's, think your clients are different, they're not. So what I, what, I'm re what I recommend that you do is say, how are you doing with the pressure? And then you can, you can go one of two ways. You can say, would you like me to go deeper? Because the reason I, say, the reason I suggest that you do that initially, it, it, we're gonna get to it, but it comes to what the person said they wanted originally. Ramon, I'm going to be Ramon's therapist. I'm Steve, I'll be working on today. I'll ask a few questions, eventually I get to depth. Ramon, tell me what kind of depth you're looking for. Are you looking for more relaxing massage, more medium pressure, or deep pressure? Say light, light relaxing. Light and relaxing pressure. Okay, very good, no problem. And then I ask you a few more questions, I get you on the table, I'm doing my work. I'm, I'm going along and say, Ramon, how are we doing with the pressure? Would you like me to, what am I going to say? Go lighter. Go lighter, why? Because you said light. He said light, that's exactly right. How are you doing with the pressure? See, if he asks for light work, I'm going to say, I, I probably would, I probably would do that. You could. That's one time when you might say light. Okay, when he when he asks for light, or if he's squirming on the table. If he's squirming on the table, the average therapist will lighten up to where they're not squirming anymore. Okay, mm -hmm. but you're not average, so I would ask you not to do that. If they're squirming on the table, especially if they said they wanted deep. Now, if they said they want to lighten the squirming, you're probably going to want to back off. But um, we'll, we'll get to that. But if they're squirming on the table, the question is how we do it. I see this is, this is tender. Would you like me to go a little lighter? And you guys, if you do that, you're going to hear people say, no, I need this. Go right ahead. Yeah. Okay? They do. But, uh, but the average therapist will back off. Because guess why they back off? Thinking it hurts. It hurts. Hurt. They're making assumptions, exactly. And, yeah. and here's what I like to here's here's Again, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a concept of imprinting. Anybody know about imprinting? It's, uh, I, I know there's, make sure you have your stationary imprinted, but that's not the kind of imprinting I'm talking about. I'm talking about psychological imprinting. Uh, it's where the little baby ducks come out and they see a, a dog for the first time and they imprint on that dog and they think the dog is their mother. You know, you mm. heard of that? You heard, you've heard of it? Mm. Okay, that's called imprinting in psychology. Well, Therapists have an imprinting of sorts that occurs, okay? And guess who they imprint to? Their first teachers. They're, and this is so interesting. I've been teaching therapists for a lot of years. I've been working with therapists for a lot of years. I have 2,000 hours of training sitting right next to therapists, studied with all kinds of people all over the country. And so I think I can speak fairly, 
fairly well about working with therapists. I think I have a pretty good insight as to how they think, what they're trained, how they, and all that stuff. Um, therapists, many schools teach your initial training. They teach that you don't have to hurt people to, to do well with massage, that massage should not hurt, okay? Was anybody taught that in school? Okay, usually every hand goes up, okay? Now, that becomes a, people, that becomes a powerful, powerful force in, your, in the way that you practice. Because you, you believe that. You're taught that. You, you, have, you had trust in your teachers. I don't believe it. I just was taught that. Okay, yeah. okay. But, but it actually becomes a huge stumbling block for a lot of therapists to get past they can't in fact a lot of therapists cannot get past it. They cannot they cannot they cannot inflict pain on somebody. They just can't do it. Here's another insight, okay? And this is one you probably you're just gonna take my word for this. For many years I did uh, EEG biofeedback, electroencephalography biofeedback, hooked up uh, sensors to the to the, the skull and monitored via computer brainwave activity and then did biofeedback related to brainwave Really amazing stuff. In fact, um, it's something I hope to offer again in the clinic at some point along the way. But for about four, five, six, seven years, I did a lot of EEG biofeedback. Was trained extensively in, in this. So I have a real background in brainwave, brainwave physiology, and that helped me to understand some stuff that happened on the table. We use, the brain has to go into different modes to do different types of tasks. To do, to do math, we have to be in a kind of a beta, beta. And, and all these different theta, beta, alpha waves are simply frequency, that's all they are. The, the, it's, it's the brain waves moving at the faster frequencies and slower frequencies. When we're wanting to go to sleep, we need to, we need, our brain needs to go into the slower frequencies. When we want to do high-functioning math, our brain, has to fun our brain waves go into higher frequencies. And then we have uh, mid-levels and that, that type of thing. When we start to work on people, guess what their brain waves start to do? Do you think they're going higher or lower? Higher. Go lower. Lower. They're going lower mm -hmm. because that's the relaxing mode. If somebody is in the beta stage, they're all strung up. If they're in uh, if they're in the theta stage, they're potentially asleep. A lot of people love the fact that they're finally getting into a relaxed state when you get them on the table. And if they start doing, if they start doing math problems right now while you're working on them, do you think they're going to go further into their state of state or they're going to come out of that state? They're going to come out of it. So any type of evaluation that you ask the client to do on the table will take them out of the state that, that you spent 15 minutes putting them in. Now, clients don't know, they don't necessarily know that this is going on. They couldn't describe to you, yeah, yeah, 15 minutes, I went, to a, I went into a theta state, and it was this bliss, I, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay, they don't necessarily understand that, but they, in, they have an intuitive understanding that if they start to do math problems in their head, they're gonna come out of state. That's why you'll hear me say, not to ask them, this is, now that, did you hear how long it took me to set this up? Mary, I, I tried to give Mary a brief version of this. Exactly That's why I ask you, in trying to elicit the most accurate feedback, rather than just saying, how was everything, or the meat would have been better, 
to get the most accurate feedback, don't ask them too many questions at once. Make it a very simple. How are you doing with the pressure? Would you like me to go deeper? That's why the question, by the way, brainwave phenomenon is why the, 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 um, the question, how is the pressure, does not work. That's a very complicated question. Doesn't seem like it? It's a very complicated. Think about this. What has to happen for that person to answer that question properly? How's the pressure? Okay. They have to go into their brain and go, hmm, what do they mean by how's the pressure? Uh, okay, now, I'm going to go ahead and decide what they mean by that. And then, based on what, they, what I think they mean by that, I'm going to decide how is the pressure. Okay, and now I'm going to language back to them how the pressure is based on how, what I think they meant by that question and what I'm perceiving. That's a very complicated process that has to happen. They have to get out of their state to do that. And instead of getting... What does that question mean? How's the pressure? What does it mean? What do they mean by that? You have to make up something in your mind. You have to, you have to go through a mental process to figure out what they mean by that. And then you have to make a judgment about how the pressure is based on what you just assumed they meant by that, and then you have to language it back to them what you had just, all the stuff that you've just gone through. That's complicated. So guess what they do? When you're on the table and you say, how's the pressure, what do they say? It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Just do what you're doing. It's fine. It's fine. If you want to play with this, ask 100 people, how's the pressure? And then, and then write down how many times they say, it's fine. And then the next hundred people say, how you doing with the pressure? Would you like me to go deeper? Yeah. And then, and then so in other words, how many people ask you to change your pressure based on the first question versus the second question? The second question, a lot more people, will, you'll get more honest feedback. The second, because they don't have to do anything. They don't have to do any of it. Do I want them to go deeper? Yes, no. See what I'm saying? They, they know instantly whether you want it deeper they don't have to evaluate. It's a digital question. It's a, it's a yes or no. It's just a, yeah, I want more pressure. No, I don't. They can answer very, They can answer it with a grunt. Yeah, no. You know, They don't have to do any evaluation. That's why you wouldn't say, tell me, tell me how you do with the pressure. Do you want me to go lighter, stay the same, or deeper? See that, you see, that's not as good as, the, as, as saying, how you do with the pressure? Would you like me to go deeper? Here's what I want to do. I'm going to ask you to, to, to ask these questions in the way that I am recommending. I'm asking you that if you, if you do want to change the questions and phrase them differently, come grab me and, and, and say, you know what, I like asking it this way. And I will, I will say, yeah, that's probably just as good as what I'm doing, and I'll tell you. Or I'll say, you know what, I don't think it's as good and here's why. I would love to defend what I'm recommending, okay? Try it exactly like I'm saying and, and see what kind of results you get. Okay. My point is that there are, there are phrases that are simply better than others in terms of getting accurate information. Cool. Okay. There will be people that will bark at you for asking a question during a session, okay? Here's what I say to that. If you're concerned about that, some therapists are very concerned about that. 
they've had people yap at them. I don't like to talk during my massage. If you're concerned about that, then here's what I would encourage you to do. First of all, there's a mindset. The mindset is, I'm not going to let a crabby old man influence all my massages. This is the single most important part of a massage. If I don't get this right, all of our work, all of, all of this discussion about communication and all this stuff, it's all about the first session. All this discussion, I'm going to go over a bunch of stuff here over the next hour. One hour into this. I'm going to go over a bunch of stuff. And it's almost all about the first session. Why is it all about the first session? It's going to set the tone. If you don't hit a home run the first time, there ain't going to be no second session. You've got to hit a home run the very first time. You've got to get all this stuff right the first time. If you don't get it right, there ain't going to be no second session. That's why it's all about the first session. Okay? It's so important that you get that session right that I beg of you, do not let that crabby guy dissuade you from asking questions about pressure. You have to ask. You cannot hit a target that you do not know what it is. If, if, if you're worried about that. Is anybody worried about that, by the way? Or otherwise, I won't make a big deal out of it. No, no, no. Okay. What I was going to say is, if you are worried about it, here's what, here's what you do. You, if you're worried that you're going to offend somebody, or they're going to yell at you, just say, okay, uh, Ramon, this is only if I'm concerned about it. I'm not concerned about it, but if I was, uh, once or twice throughout the session, I'll just briefly ask you about pressure. It's the most important part of the massage. I want to make sure that I get it right. Is it okay if I just ask you real briefly during the session if I've got the pressure right? See, so you've told them in advance you're going to do it. If you want to do that, that's the way to head that off. But don't, see, don't not ask people about pressure because you think people don't want to be talked to when they're getting the massage. That is a prescription for disaster because you're just guessing. All right, so do we get that? That's important to, to remember that. A good solid deep session means that it's going to be deep in certain places in the body and it's going to lighten up in other places of the body, right? And that's still the same pressure. I just want to make sure that I'm not you, you know that I'm not advocating a steady, excuse me, a steady pressure on, on that magical scale on every part of the body. No, a deep session is going to have its ebbs and flows depending on the, on the part of the body you're in, always, okay? And what brought, okay, comments on that? Mm -hmm. And this is actually, that's a good question because this is one of the therapist's Achilles heels. This is one of the places where therapists don't do as well as they should. And this is where you can get hurt, meaning hurts the wrong way. But word. it's a good pain, really. This is where you can stub your toe, fall down, and uh, get skin your, skin your nose up, okay? What I mean by that is, okay, it's important when you find conditions like this that you simply tell them, and we're going to get to this, that you tell them, you have an issue here, you have a problem here, it's going to take a few sessions to work this out. Oh. Don't try to fix them in one session. I always try to fix them in one session. Let me take, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. This, hold, stop the presses. This, this right here could be the single most important thing that you get out of this whole two hour period right here. 
if you try to fix them in one session, you run the risk of working too hard on them and making them hate you. The body can only take so much. The body can only take so much change. You have to incrementally change that. So we're going to get to it. This is a big part of what we're going to be talking about today. Okay? Okay, this is a big part. And this is this is so important because this, like I said, did you hear me? Did you hear my preface? My preface was this is a place therapists make mistakes. They try to fix somebody in one session when it takes when it, when they need to have about four sessions. Think about your approach. Think about your approach. If I knew, if I knew that I'm going to work on Ramon four or five times, isn't my session going to be different with him than if I only get one shot? I just have one shot with you, Ramon. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be working on him differently if I know I only got one shot than if I know I got four or five, three or four or five. But we're going to get to that. We're ahead. You, 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 you keep getting me ahead of it. I, I think that's really, I, I just consider for them maybe I think the massage is so expensive. No, 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 no. We're going to get to that too. These prices here are not these are great prices um, for someone. Okay, I, I will address it. I, I will address it. I assume that they want me to fix. Hold on. Hold on. No, you, no, you, no, no, no. You touched on a subject that I have to address. You keep, you keep doing it. It's okay, though. It's all right. It's all right. I'm just kidding you. I'm just kidding. Uh, because you bring up some important things that I'm going to get to. But, I'm, but since you brought it up, I'm going to address it right, right now, and then we'll touch on it again. This is the second most important thing you're going to get out of this two-hour period, okay? For you. Others may already have this, may not be as big as important, but for you, this is the second most important thing. Number one is you don't fix them in one treatment. You tell them what it's going to take to fix them, to fix the problem. We're going to get to that. We're going to talk about 15, 20 minutes on it, okay? The second thing is you're going to recommend treatments. You're going to recommend, if they have a problem, you're going to tell them in your professional opinion what it's going to take to fix their problem. When you recommend those treatments, you don't let money become a part of that. <laughs> I know, it's, I know it's funny, but no, no, no. You have to, this could take you years to get through this, what I'm telling you. Because see, you have a hang up with money. It's your hang up. Your client, Ramon, may not have a hang up. He may, he may be fine. Don't let your hang ups with money affect what you recommend. Don't, don't decide for them. I learned this. I, I had the same thing. So we're, 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 we're partners in that. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I had my own hangups with money. And, and I didn't recommend to my clientele the treatment that they probably should have got until I overcame that. And what I eventually learned was, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm simply going to tell the truth. You, you, need, you need 10 treatments. That's the truth. That's my professional opinion. If I believe that, that's what I have to tell him. Now, how do I know he needs 10 treatments? First of all, I never know how many treatments somebody needs. 28 years in the business, if I'm in this business at, at, at 90 years old, and I've got now 60 years in the business, I still am not going to know how many treatments he needs. Okay? It's because everybody responds differently. If Ramon came to me and he and he needed four treatments or six treatments the last time he came in, and he comes again and says, I got the same thing, Stephen. I got the same thing. I guess it's going to take four treatments. Guess what? This one might take two, or it might take ten. The same guy isn't even going to be the same each time. 
We never know how they're going to respond. But how do I know what to recommend? Because I have to recommend something to them. How do I know what to recommend? What, what is the foundation of me knowing what to recommend to remote? What is it? It's one word. Experience. My experience. That's two words. Experience. Experience. My experience will, we call it a, a prognosis. It's an educated guess. You make an educated guess. But you have to make a guess. You have to say, for these kind of conditions, Ramon, we typically, and I'll give them a range, it typically takes between four and six treatments, between two and four treatments, whatever it is. Um, you'll hear me recommend as we go along, I'll recommend that you say four treatments. Because for any, any kind of significant problem, recommend four treatments. I'll tell you why. It's because they may be better in two, and then they're going to be happy. But four is a nice number for most situations. And then tell them, at four, at four you may be no better at all. In that case, we're going to send you somewhere else because we're not making progress. Or you may be 50% better. And if somebody's 50% better on a condition they've had for years, after four treatments, I'll say, we're making progress. I thought you know, four would do it. Let's do two or three more and see how you do. We might be able to get to 80 90% another two or three treatments. And if he's been dealing with this for a long time, that, that will be okay with him, okay? So you make your recommendations and you don't let money influence your recommendation. And you don't let what you think he will agree to influence your recommendation. What influences your recommendation? Your experience and what you truly feel they need. That's what you recommend. Don't say, oh, he'll put, and the same for treatment frequency. I'm gonna tell you that if somebody's got a condition they want to resolve, they, they need to, the best, the, the best for them is, um, is, is two times a week. They need twice a week for two weeks for those, for those four treatments. He needs twice, if he wants to get this thing under control, twice a week for two weeks, four treatments, boom. Okay? If he can't come in twice a week, once a week we can make some progress. If, we, if it's less than once a week, we're not going to make very good progress. Okay? That's the frequency. Don't let, that's the frequency you're going to recommend. Don't let the frequency that you recommend be dictated by what you think he will accept. Let your free treatment, total treatment recommendation, and the frequency, let it be based on what you feel is the most effective for him to get rid of the problem. Isn't that what you'd want somebody to do for you? Tell you what they've honestly felt you needed, and then let you decide if you can afford it or not? By the way, when you make your recommendations, don't ever try to commit the person to, to any kind of a treatment regime. Okay? You say, um, Mary, for a back situation like this, I'll quit picking up my <laughs> Mary, for a back situation like this, we can typically make really good progress. Usually it's about four treatments. And um, it's best if you can get in a couple times a week, that's where we make the best progress. If you can't, if you can't, if you're gonna come in once a week, we can make some pretty good progress there as well. If it's less than once a week, quite frankly, the progress will be pretty slow. So it's whatever you think you can, you know, want to do, and, and that's what we'll do. 
And uh, go ahead and you can get dressed. And when we're ready, and when you come out, I'll have some I'll have some water for you. So go ahead and get dressed, and we'll turn the lights and out the door you go. And get the water, Mary. Here's your water. Hope to see you soon. Okay, it's a pleasure working on you today. You see what I'm saying? I didn't say no, Mary. Are you going to be able to come back? What's your schedule look like? Do not try to get Mary. You know what? We have packages. We have packages. You can save some money by buying packages. We're not in sales. We don't do anything. Yeah. We don't do anything. You tell you simply tell the truth and you let them you become unattached. You'll hear me say this on the CDs. I go over, over all this on the CDs. You become unattached, you make your recommendation, and then you become unattached. That's a nice way of saying you don't really care. You know what I'm saying? You do care, but you're not you're not all invested in it. Oh, I hope she comes back. I hope you come back, Mary. Do you really need this? <laughs> oh, Mary, oh my goodness, oh, I really do. And then you're calling, no, no, you're, you, no you, you're unattached. You're making your professional recommendation, and it's all in her, the ball is in her court, whatever you decide, boom, you're off and running. You're on to the next person. That's the way to do it. Don't try. To and that her decision does not affect you either. Her, her decision, you're, you're okay. If she never comes back, you're fine. Yeah, it doesn't you're fine. affect you. It's her. Because see, this is this is related to another mindset issue that I, I have on my paper that I'll get to, I was going to get to, but I'll just cover it now. You can't drag. You've got to reach the point where you understand. You cannot drag somebody kicking and screaming into health. You can't do it. Don't ever try. You can't want it more than they do. Get this, guys. This is the third most important thing I'm going to say today. If you want it more for him, for Kyle, and he wants it, you're going to you're going to screw up, and you're and you're often going to work on that at a level that's way beyond what they're open to. When we get into therapeutic mode, I'm going to ask you to ask three questions: How long have you had the problem? What does it keep you from doing? And is, it, is this something you'd like to meet up to work on today? Okay. That third question is very important. You have to, yeah, I'd like you to work on it today. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead and work on it. You've got to listen, you've got to, listen, you've got to really feel through that one. Because if you, if you go for it, and they say, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with you working on it today, guess what you've just done? Those are the people that call up and they say, Nicole worked on me last week. I've been sore for four days, and I, and I, you know, I, I'm just so upset with her. I want to file a complaint with the state. Board. But, you know, blah blah blah. Those are the people that you lose with. You you cared you cared about it more than they did, and, and you you tried to pull them kicking and screaming where where you felt you could take them. Let me let me go back to my notes because I'm taking things sequentially here. Right now, if you can get this mindset stuff, this is going to take you soaring. This framework, go ahead. Was yeah, it one of you, who did, who did I talk to about, it's not about what they need, it's about what they're willing to pay for. Who did I talk to about, anybody? None of you, okay. All right, I don't know if this is the question you're asking, I'm not sure, but let me, let me give you the answer first. Let me give you the answer again. People need a two hour massage every day. Yeah. Yes, they do. It's not about what people need, you know? You palpate, you got all this stuff, you got a 50 minute massage. Yeah. How can I get it all done in 50 minutes? 
don't take it on yourself. It's not your responsibility that they've got all this stuff going on and you've only got 50 minutes. That's not, that's not your fault. It's their fault. They're the ones that only scheduled 50 minutes for Pete's Six. What were they thinking? They should have scheduled a two-hour massage. <laughs> and they should, have, they should have been having this done years ago. They shouldn't have waited until I got this back. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Educate them. You've got a lot of stuff here. We're going to get as much as we can in the time that we have allotted. But next time, you might consider getting an hour and a half session. Now, now you'll hear me recommend hour and a half now and then. Okay? I want to clarify something. I say it on the CDs, but I want to just go on record. It's not about an hour and a half. When I say recommend an hour and a half, that's not about selling more, more massage. It's more time for the therapist. It's, more, it's, it's, it's in the best interest of your client to get an hour and a half. It's not an okay that or your best interest yeah. Why is that? Yeah, you get paid the same regardless. Why is, why is it not in your best interest or okay in the best interest to recommend hour and a half? Fewer uh, clients. Why? With the time available. Like schedule. You're gonna schedule. scheduling. You're gonna end up with some half hour yeah. gaps in there. Okaven gets Okaven because uh, you'll see our schedules will fill up. We have half hour gaps in it because these hour and a halves. You have half hour gaps. It's not in our best interest. But I but I but I I think it's in the I I, I tell you tell them I mean I'll say you might want to consider hour and a half next. I, I I say that why? It's in the best interest of the client. They're going to drive all the way over here, take off time from work, take off time from their family. They're going to sit in the waiting room for 20 minutes. They're going to get undressed. They're going to get on the table. They might as well stay there for an hour and a half and get, the, get some work right. done. Recommend what you... Th so when I say to recommend an hour and a half to somebody, I'm not doing it to try and bump up our hours. It's actually... I, I, I would just assume if I could pick... I would just say we don't do hours. We do hours and two hours. Yeah. But it's in the best interest of the client to do an hour and a half. It's, it's the best for them. Okay, so did, they, was that, did I answer your question or no? Because <laughs> I gave you the answer before I really... My question is When you have an agenda, that means that you're going into the massage wanting to get something done. Mm -hmm. you, have a, you have something... An agenda is an itemized list of things you want to do, right? In, in, the, in, in English, we say when you have an agenda, that means that you have an idea about what you want to do with the client. Yeah, you already know before you do Drop it. Drop it. Erase it. Oh. Ask the client what they want. Okay. Okay. Do they want a full body? They want a full body, and yet they've got all this stuff up here that's going to take you... You do a full body. That's what they ask for. They ask for not only stuff here, but also whole body. They want, well, how can I please them? You tell them exactly what's wrong with them. You tell them, and they let them make choice. This is at the heart. This is a very, very good question. Okay, and and these guys, these are all very experienced therapists. They've all dealt with this. Mm -hmm. So go ahead. What I've done in the past is um, I'll have somebody who wants that to come out. They've made that clear that they want this tension out. I've had it. It's hurting. But if you could also do full body in a 50 mm -hmm. minute. So I'll get in there and I'll realize it's either moving for me and so stuff's coming out, it doesn't have to 100% but stuff yeah. has gotten lower yeah, and stuff's yeah. moving and now. I can, I can, yeah. So in my mind I'm like okay I can move on, I don't have to. If I can and it's not moving and I still, and I look at the clock I'll, yeah. I'll say um, real quick I just want to, which going back to what you said, try to make it a yes or no response. Okay. I'll say something, um, you know, like, uh, I'm, I, this is moving out pretty slow, but I don't want to waste time where I skip the rest of the body. Should I continue moving? Okay. 
and then you know down the body and that way they can say yes or no or they can say a sentence like no that I, I that's feeling good and I want you to stay there okay. but if they don't want to say that they can say yes which means they do want me to continue moving yeah, this is really important all, all the rest of the people benefiting from this discussion there's some there's a lot good skilled therapists become very good at bargaining they bargain <laughs> they bargain Okay, I've got this shoulder stuff going on here. I can stay here the rest of the session if you want, or I can do the full body. If I'm going to get to the full body, though, I'm not going to. I'm not going. I would do. I would do a full body. Give him a little bit extra up in this area. I, I would go with. I would go with this philosophy. Give them a little bit extra in the areas that they're telling you they're having problems with, and then and then and then get to the whole body. And then say to them, "You had a lot of stuff up here. Come back and if you want me to spend yeah, more, if you, if yeah, you want me to spend that's more good. time here, yeah, that's good. if you want me to spend more time up in this area you have problems with, next time we can do, we can make the whole session next time about that, or schedule an hour and a half, and I'll have some extra time to work on that. See? Yeah, yeah, that's. But don't decide yeah. for them. Oh my goodness, you need all this stuff. I'm just going to leave you face down the whole time, and we're just going to do this for. I know you said. Okay. I know you said you want a full body, but I know what I know what you need. Okay? Don't make the decision for them. Oh, okay. Don't make the decision for them. Let them make the decision. Okay. Now I've got. Here's here's what happens with stretching. <clears throat> People come out. They give you the tip. Tell you're amazing. And, you know, then they come out, and they go. Yeah, then come back next week. Who else do you have? And they don't like that person. They did, they did a bunch of stretching and stretching. They didn't want to. <clears throat> and then the next person comes out and they go, you tip, high fives. I want to come back to see Ramon next week. He was amazing. He did stretch. I loved it. I want, I want you to put a red flag by stretching. A lot of people don't want any stretching. They won't tell you. They won't tell you. They'll, 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 they'll endure your stretching. They'll tell you you're amazing. And they'll walk up top up front. I'm telling you, you've got to learn. And I'm not saying you don't, you don't have this. I'm just, I just want to, I want to bring this out. You've got to broach the subject and approach stretching in a very methodical way. You have to make it okay for them to opt out. And it's not just stretching. Anything that you, this is so interesting. You as a therapist are in, a, are in, a, are in a, 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 an expert role to somebody, in a leadership role, in a dominant role over a person. Any, very often, anything you recommend, they're going to feel obligated to go along with. Okay? And then they're going to walk out and not be happy about it. Always, when you're recommending things with clientele, always make it okay for them to opt out. So you're going to recommend stretching, say, I could, this, would, this would respond really good to stretching, we could do some, or we could just stick with the massage. See what I'm saying? You, you allow them yeah. to opt out. There's another thing you can do. Remember, be careful. When you like something, be careful about how you incorporate it. Be very careful. Because that's a form of pushing your agenda on people. It's not about what you like. It's about what the client likes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, with stretching, there's lots of different ways to approach this. I just want to point it out that it's not as cut and dried as, as we might think it is. Remember, it's all about the first-time client. Okay? If you've got a regular you stretch with, this isn't a non-discussion. This is about the first-time client. That's what this is all about. On a first-time client, I would, I would do stretching gingerly. 
I would ask them, that could, you might benefit from some stretching on this. Do you typically get stretching with your massage? Do you like stretching? Should we do that in consultation? Or, 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 or as part of when you get ready to do the, the stretching, if you normally do some stretching at a specific place on the table, you could just do that. Now, normally, Ramon, uh, for, the, for the hamstrings, I would do, I would, sometimes I'll do some stretching for runners and that. Do you want me to spend five minutes running or you want to just stick with the massage? Something like that on the first time clients. Then, then the other thing you can do is you can say, now, we did a little bit of stretching today with your Ramon. Next time, I'll ask you about the stretching. If, if you want, I'll do it with you today or maybe even a little bit more. Or we can skip the stretching. You just let me know next time. And then you put it in your notes. And the next time you, when Ramon's out there, okay, Ramon, this is where we sometimes do the stretching. Did you like the stretching last time or should we skip it? See? Be careful about, but if you just go with, okay, now we're going to do the stretch. Did you like that last time, Ramon? You see what I'm saying? They're going to feel obligated to go with you just because of your dominant position with them. You don't want to, you want to avoid that. And I know, I know that because I have people come in all the time. Therapists are doing stretching with them. And the therapists have no clue. I did the little, I love Ramona, I, I want to book with them again. I, I hate Ramona, I don't want to, have, you know. That's what we get. I have several therapists, um, over the years, many therapists that do stretching, and they, they come out and they, they say how much they love, oh, I want to rebook with, with so-and-so because he does so much great stretching. No, I don't ever want to see him again. He, he does stretching, that's not what. And it could be so easily avoided by the, by the therapist just not automatically going into a default mode by just asking the client. Did, do you see how I did it? And, and making it okay for them to opt out of it. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. Wouldn't you like to know the ones that wanted and ones that didn't? Yeah, because yeah. I, I figure out a way to, you, to do what I just did. It's all on the CDs. I go over this in the CDs. So figure out a way to allow them to opt out of it. Be very careful for first-time therapists, for first-time clients. Don't go crazy on a bunch of stretching. Did you see what I asked him? I asked him if, in the past if he liked to get stretching with his massage. They, oh yeah, my, my, my therapist always stretched my love it. It's like, it's like um, doing, doing face and scalp stuff. Make it okay for them to opt out of that. Yeah. Now this is the point in time where I normally do face and scalp. Are you okay with that? Would you rather really skip it and work on something else? See, isn't that easy? Yeah. That way, again, that's the 1%. That's one of the 1%. Make it yes or no. These things are the 1% things. These are the things that people come out of the, the session. They gave you a hug and a tip and, a, and told you you're awesome. Uh, come out and said, who else do you have next, next month? I'll come back, but she, I don't like people messing with my hair and my face, so I, I think I'll try somebody else. Wouldn't it be nice if you just handled it, had a way of handling it by asking them? And, and that you didn't have an agenda? You were just open to doing whatever it was that they wanted and, and you took the notes accordingly? Okay. All right. Are you seeing a pattern here? All right. See, I never thought of stretching. I know. I of stretching as a... <laughs> as a big deal with yeah I don't you know I don't really do any like that's hard my work. point yeah. that's my point it's just like it's, 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 it's it has to do with your vantage point I I I have a different vantage point because they come out and they're telling me a little more honestly about the session they're not being honest with you so should I stop stretching in general no you should do what I said what yeah, I said yeah. you, should, you should say you should say on first time clients uh, try to get a sense of whether they want it or not Say, um, give them an op out. Op it out. Give them an op out. Say, at this point, I would normally do about two or three, four minutes of stretching. Do you like stretching, or should I, should we just stick with the massage? Typically, I listen to what they say and how they say. Well, I guess you could do it. 
Don't do it. Now I can see but and say, oh, I love stretching. Go for it. See what I'm saying? Very often athletes will like stretching, but, but don't go through the same process. Yes, don't okay. go through the same process with that. Because a lot of those guys, they, just, they, they know how to stretch. They came to you for your hands-on stuff. You want the massage. See, it's going to be all over the map. So, so don't. I'm going to ask you to think about your work. This is the foundation for, for my philosophy of how to approach body work. A mindset and your approach to body work. This is the beginning point for understanding what the client's looking for. This is the beginning point. The beginning point is in your mind, you're trying to decide is this a relaxing session, a deep tissue session, or a therapeutic level session? Three, I call it three boxes or three styles. Relaxing, deep tissue, therapeutic. Sometimes the massage will be purely one of those styles. And sometimes it'll be a combination of two or all three, okay? This is why it's important to, to, to think about this. It's because each style is totally different. Think about a relaxing massage. What's a, what's a relaxing massage? The lights are down low. Think about how each of these styles of body work or, 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 or boxes or, or is different. In a, in a relaxing session, it's going to be lights down low. I'm going to be doing a massage. Okay? I'm going to be pampering. Okay? Mostly hands. Okay? Got the idea? A certain level of depth. Deep tissue. I'm going to be using different bodies. The biggest distinction between relaxing and deep tissue <clears throat> is that I'm, an, I'm now going to shift into using different body parts. You can't do deep tissue with effleurage. Mm. Anybody know that? Yes. Okay. You can't use effleurage and do deep tissue. You've got to, you've got to go with different strokes, right? So I'm going to be using knuckles. Mm -hmm. Forearms, elbows, palm of the hand, reinforced fingers, reinforced thumbs, all kinds of different techniques to get in. My, my strokes are going to be slower, a lot deeper than the, than the relaxing massage, right? Okay, so it's, it's a different ballgame, right? Therapeutic, thank you. <clears throat> Therapeutic is much different. I'm just, taking, I'm just talking now if it was just uh, purely therapeutic. Somebody says, all I want you to do today is fix my low back. Today, if you can fix my neck today, I will love you forever. <laughs> so all I want you to do, fix this neck, it's been bothering me for a week, this is, this is it. You don't want a full body? You don't, no, just the neck. Just the shoulder, just the back. That's a purely therapeutic session. That's what we're teaching you. Well, that's what we teach you to do in the in the, the four of those six classes: neck, low back, arm, carpal tunnel, and, and leg. That's what we we'll teach you the technical side of this. If somebody does say, "I just want my shoulder work done today," is it going to be an hour of effleurage on the shoulder? Is it going to be an hour of 
the tissue on the shoulder? No. It's going to be, you're going to use a whole bunch more techniques. I like to work on the shoulder with them sit, seated. I, because I can move the shoulder, I do pin and stretch on the shoulder. I'll show you, I'll show you all those moves. Because I, I, do, I do some really interesting pin and stretch work on, on those rotator muscles. And it's, it's nice to have people seated for that. But the lights are on. Pull up. I'm talking to you. Tell me about this. Is this sore right here? Okay. Okay, I'm going to have you come down around this way. We're going to do that. Okay, now start over here. It's a, it's, a, it's a whole session of that kind of stuff. Isn't that different than, than an hour of Ethelraj? Yeah. These three sessions, these three styles, are different, totally different. Okay? A huge mistake that therapists make is they mix and match the styles. Let me give you an example. When they shouldn't, when there's no reason to. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. I just want relaxing. Okay. What kind of pressure? Oh, it's kind of medium. Okay. We're going along. Turn it over. Okay, you come up. Oh, now we're doing. Now we're going to do little subscapularis here. Would you do subscapularis on a relaxing massage? No. Mm -hmm. no we're going to do the psoas now. Oh, no! Okay. Right, see what I'm saying? Yeah. But, th but that happens. <clears throat> that happens all the time. They're mixing it. They're mixing it up. They're mixing it up. Okay. Very therapeutic. Another. That's that's one. That's not the most common uh, way that people. This is the most common way that people mix it up. The guy says, and you guys can. If anybody's been asleep, you can tune in for just a sec. Okay. Okay. This is important. The most common mistake that people make, as far as this mixing styles, has to do with. Somebody wants deep, and so they, they have a few deep strokes along the way, but it's mostly effleurage. Okay, or they try to do a real deep Swedish with them, without with just using hands, say. Okay? But if we find the knots, just don't. Just relaxation, massage. Don't go up deep inside. Somebody right? says they want relaxing. Yeah, they're not. Now, now you could say, now. now you could ask somebody, you could say, Again, if you, if you run into this a lot, you start running into a lot, somebody says, I just want relaxing. Yeah. You can say to them, now if I find some spots, do you want me to just really go easy through those spots, or do you want me to stop and work? You can ask people stuff like that, okay, to get a sense of. If they're not an experienced massage receiver, be yeah. careful about that, because they won't know how to answer you properly, okay? Never. If they're pretty new with massage, just do a nice relaxing massage, okay? The most common ways for them to mix up to mix relaxing with deep 